Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. Welcome to another Fan Bros special delivery. This is Chico Leo, and I am, as always, flying high above the Brooklyn night. And I am joined tonight by DJ Benjamin, a.k.a. Wakanda's favorite DJ in the special delivery spaceship, the space pod. It's been a while. In the space pod, it has been a while. Is this this could be, is this our first one this year together? Yeah, In the space pod. Definitely, and definitely probably in the last two months at least. It's been a while, man. It has. Happy to be here. Yes, welcome back. And uh, well, just in the in the last week since the last special delivery, there's been all kinds of natural phenomenon going on. We had full moons. We had Blizzard Jonas dropping 27 inches on us. I didn't know they had names. I didn't know it was named Jonas. I think so. I think this one was Jonas. And we had a blizzard of new TV premieres and uh, pilots and all kinds of uh you know shows dropping left and right this week i would even say it was a tsunami it was a tsunami absolutely it was a Um, lot going on so most importantly i think uh just from a historical standpoint and i think the most recent thing that you and i both watched is the x-files returned with uh its 10th season the first episode titled my struggle which is actually the English <laughs> translation of uh, Mein Kampf, Hitler's uh, Hitler's. Is it? Uh, oh book. wow! I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, it's interesting because the critics got this like a month ago. They got this episode, and apparently, they really hated it. Mm, yeah, I saw some. Definitely, I saw some hate on the internet before I even watched the episode. So I didn't. I actually didn't see it before. I, but you know, just sort of checking out what kind of you know what what people were saying. So apparently, every I actually enjoyed it. I, I I'm not even sure I can judge it just because the uh, nostalgia factor. It was definitely like seeing old friends again. So that um, even if your old friend shows up and they're drunk and, you know, have no money and, you know, whatever, you're still psyched to see them. Mm. But people are saying the second episode gets better and that the third episode, who's directed by Darren Morgan, who directed some of the legendary earlier episodes of the show, like in the second, third, fourth season around then, he directs uh, did the third episode and that one's or he's either a writer or or a director, but his episode is supposed to be incredible, which is the third one, and the second one is airing Monday night. So, um, and I and I enjoy. I actually enjoyed uh, my struggle. I don't know what about you. I saw you posting a comment. There was a lot of exposition and a lot of like <laughs> monologues and conversations, but I, I was into it. I don't know what about you. I was definitely into it. There was a lot of speeches though that I was wondering how many takes they did because it was like. Especially Mulder, like he was rattling off facts at one point, just one after the other. Well, I won't yeah. even say facts, like more like conspiracy theories, one after the other. No, and that was the one where he was talking about electrogravitic propulsion and Henrietta Lacks and the Tuskegee experiments all in the same. And he was speaking like a million miles an hour. Oh, I even but, missed that. I, I heard the FEMA uh, concentration camps. Oh, yeah. And a few other things. I missed the Tuskegee and all that. I mean, it was just blah, 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 blah. And that wasn't even the worst of it. Like some of the conversations between people were just so ridiculously awkward. 
and so forced to like give out more story. But I gotta go back real quick because you just you you made the point about you know if a friend shows up drunk and looking you know broken out of money, and you were really hard on Miss uh, Carrie Fisher for. Uh, the Force Awakens and Mulder. Uh, oh David yeah, no. Ducumbi. I mean, well, see, the thing is, I had been watching uh, that show, whatever the Californication. So I've seen him recently, pretty regularly, and he, you know, he doesn't look any different now than he did, you know, in the last season of that show. Okay. So I, I was prepared for it. Um, yeah, there's no doubt that he's, you know, well, first of all. Um, you know, Gillian Anderson was, I think, like six or eight years younger than him or is. So, and it you shows. know, he yeah, exactly. I mean, um, yeah, there's definitely no doubt, but it, it works really well with the character. It definitely works for the character because like uh, as I was tweeting and stuff, um, it just looks like every time Scully looks at Mulder, she's like, yo, be like. Right. Ooh. And that's one of the things I wasn't so hard and much being hard on Carrie Fisher as I felt like her you know, drug use and hard living had sort of taken. Well, she had a hard time running the Republic. You know, that was a very right, right. But what I'm saying is, they didn't, they didn't explain it. They didn't, they didn't make a comment on it. They didn't explain it here. You're right. I mean, every other comment was like, you know, Scully. I was Scully. You know, being like, (laughs) I worry about you. I care about you. Are you eating enough? (laughs) You know, you look terrible. Yeah, you you haven't gotten enough sleep. Like every other line was definitely relating to his, his, you know decrepitude <laughs> decrepitude is right yeah but um besides that no i like the episode besides the awkward conversations and all that i definitely liked it it brought back the you know feel of the x-files it had all the usual stuff where it'll have people googling all kind of random things that they mentioned i mean they were just throwing stuff out oh, there yeah. faraday cages like just one thing after the other just you know avrs like just come on but you know, I liked it for that. And it had, um, spoiler alerts, you know, the very ending had the return of the cigarette man who has died so many times now. Yes. Like he's got more lives than a cat. Right. And was looking really rough, though, I have yeah, to say. Yeah, he, he, like, he definitely was looking like someone who's died a few times. I mean, <laughs> that, that was dope. And now he's, like, smoking. He has, a uh, you know, some kind of servant who just puts the cigarette in the hole in his throat. I mean, that was, yeah, that was pretty amazing. Oh, man. William yeah. B. Davis. So I just want to say real quick uh, a note about the actress who played Sveta in this episode. Um, I watched The Americans. I'm a big fan of that show. She plays that actress um, who I believe is like half Kazakhstani, half Afghani. She plays a Russian double agent um, on on The Americans. And uh, so if you liked her performance in this and you haven't checked out that show, you should check it out. Mm, Hold Um, on. Uh, Is is there like a director that's making better use of her on The Americans? Because I thought she was stiffer than stiffer. Yeah, no, she was. Yeah, I think she's she might be someone who's. Yes, I I do think I I would say yes to that. But I I would also say that she's probably being cast more for her. you know, um, photogenicness than her actual. I mean, she's look, she's not bad on on okay. the Americans or anything yeah. like that. But you know, and and she brings you know sort of a, a flavor, 
you know, uh, just uh, as as a, you know, all the Russians are sort of all pasty and you know whatever on that show, and she, you know, she adds a little flavor to it. You know, a spot of color, you might say. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Okay. Um, there we go. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I got to admit, I mean, it's hard for me to judge. Like, I, I was really digging all the monologues. Um, I You know, even the conspiracy itself is kind of crazy. So now they're basically saying that the first nine seasons of The X-Files, which was all about this crazy conspiracy, <laughs> that the government was actually in cahoots with aliens to, you know, to, to there was going to be an alien invasion and the, and that certain elites were in cahoots with the aliens and they were going to basically be able to skate by when the aliens invaded. Now they're saying that's all a lie and a cover for the actual story, which involves human, you know, us or our elites using alien technology to do, you know, crazy tests and hybrid, you know, experiment is experimentation on humans and Scully has alien DNA in her now. That yeah. was so that, the, the, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily, um, you know, you if just you try and pick her. it apart. On the other hand, everything that they mentioned in terms of when they were dropping stuff like Henrietta Lacks and the Tuskegee Air and the FEMA camps that what is the point of these FEMA camps that have been built in this country and you know why are why do they do some of the you know crazy military drills that they do and the famous military industrialist complex speech that Eisenhower gave that they referred to like all of that is true like they didn't they sort of put everything together in a way that might be crazy, but none of the shit that Mulder or the conservative, you know, Bill O'Reilly, you know, not Bill O'Reilly, he's the other guy. Uh, it's the, he's actually supposed to be that crazier guy. Uh, um, one uh, one of the other Fox guys. Anyway, that guy, uh, the, everything they were saying was actually true. It's just. The only leap is putting it all together. I mean, there's some leaps. Like, even the FEMA camps are a leap in their own. I mean, all conspiracy theories take a bit of a leap, you know, to believe. But, you know, it was definitely a lot of things being thrown out. And beyond even the conspiracy stuff, like I said before, I really liked all the science stuff. Like the Faraday uh, cage yeah. or box, the um, gravity drives. All that stuff is, like, some definite real... You know, science fiction, hard science fiction, whatever you want to call it, science fat stuff. So that was really great to see. But overall, you know, good episode. You know, it sets files. It's uh... yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess I. I mean, I was a big fan. I consider it to be one of the like, you know, not just a classic, but a real, you know, like game changer. Yeah, it's a game changer. I mean, there's definitely no doubt that it lost its plot. But in terms of like that and Buffy are sort of the two early things that had like a mythology, you know, um, shows that that are now sort of standard in shows. And, um, you know, there was some technical stuff early on, like the the lighting and the music and all that other stuff that was sort of felt groundbreaking. We got to remember like the X-Files first premiered now. I mean, we're in 2016. It first premiered in uh, 93, I believe in the fall of 93. So we're talking, you know, um, 22 and a half years ago. Um, You know, the Cosby show was still on the air. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, definitely. And also I want to give a quick last minute shout out to the Asian doctor. On this episode, oh, who, the dude, he's yeah. Where, oh. where is he? Is he from Lost? 
Yes, he is from Lost. I was also informed by Twitter that he was on. Uh, He's in The in- Force Awakens, I think. Yeah, I think he is in The Force Awakens. He also plays an Asian doctor on Heroes Reborn. And one other show that somebody in the comments is going to let me know. But big shout outs to him because, I mean, that is typecasting at its finest. Right. Although, I just want to say, in related news, Benedict Wong has been cast to play Wong um, uh, in the Doctor Strange movie. And Wong is Doctor Strange's assistant. And Benedict Wong plays um, the Khan on um, um, Kubla Khan on uh, Marco Polo and is actually also a weed grower on Top Boy, uh, which ah. was a, a Netflix pick of the week away back. So uh, and, and, and people have actually said that they uh, they cast Benedict Wong so that they 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 couldn't get any criticism over the sort of stereotypical nation nature of Wong and his character <laughs> cuz his name is Wong yeah exactly <laughs> like what are people going to say oh well that's a good little segue into right. uh, you know because um agent carter is that's what they're saying about this whole season of it is that it's going to be related to Doctor Strange the way the first season was related to um Captain America Winter Soldier Right. So I I really enjoyed they actually uh, I thought I was impressed that they did a two hour premiere. I felt like there were a lot of commercials, but Mm -hmm. there were two episodes back to back. Um, I happen to really like both Peggy Carter and and Jarvis. And um, I like the fact that it takes place in L.A. in 1947. You know, they're going to again, Howard Stark is going to play a role this season like he did in the first season. Uh, I happen to be a big fan of of the you know I, I really liked the first season and I actually just watched it. I had uh, this timing worked out well. I don't know if you knew this, Ben, but um, I'm actually doing a chronological complete rewatch of all the MCU stuff. So when I say chronological, like Captain America is the earliest thing in the in the MCU. So I watched Captain America, then I watched the first season of of Agent Carter, and now I'm going to watch the second season. And then it jumps from there to, um, I believe, the first Iron Man. But I'm going to do this year the entire, you know, MCU. And I haven't watched any Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but there's specific – I found a thing on the internet where, you you know, like you watch the first six episodes and then you watch, you know, Thor. And then you watch the next six episodes and, you know, like they have it all mapped out. So I'm going to do it all in in the exact order. And um, so I just watched Captain America last weekend and the first season of Agent Carter this week and um I gotta say I mean it, it I, I I like them all more uh as a result of doing this you know like I believe it they all slide right into each other really well and um if any if anything it's only given me more just this early in it just giving me more respect for what they're doing over at, at, at you know the MCU um no I mean it's it's an amazing feat and right and like I said, that this um, season of Agent Carter ties right into the new season of, I mean, not the new the, season. Yeah, to Doctor Strange. Strange. Which drops later on this year. So right. it's like a perfect lead up. And I also like the fact that this season is taking place in L.A. because it gave me a bit of a devil in a blue dress vibe. Yep, yep. And so that was really dope, especially because we had uh, the introduction of, is it Dr. Wells? Is it Yes. Name? Yeah, Dr. Wells, you know, a brother man who, you know, is definitely feeling Agent Carter, and there's a bit of a romance there. And I, I liked how they, by the end of the first episode, I was pretty sure that he was a villain. 
But by the, you know, second episode, you see that he's not. And I was really kind of tripping how people seem to be. I mean, I guess it's just not general knowledge. But as soon as I realized that uh, the woman's name, the antagonist, Whitney Frost, you know, her name was Whitney Frost. As soon as I heard that, I'm like, oh, that's Madame Mask. And oh, shit. I actually didn't know. I didn't get that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's dope. Wow. Yeah. I guess that was not common knowledge. No. Yeah, it's. I mean, Whitney Frost. I think that's been one of her, you know, AKA's aliases for a long time now. So I, you know, was quick, quick on that one. But I like that introduction, and Whitney seems to be the main villain. Also, the return of Shorty from last season was really oh, dope to me. Yes, Dottie. Yes. Dottie, the Russian agent. Oh man, who slept chained to her? She slept chained to her bed from her childhood training in in, in season one. Oh, a little uh, black snake moan going yes, on there. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, yeah. No, Dottie and Dottie taking the bag of chains to the head. With, I mean, of of coins, not chains. Right. So of coins to the head was one of the best shots in TV. In a long time, that whole fight was dope. Dottie coming in, dressed as Carter was dope. It was definitely like, you know, props to the people directing, writing, you know, scripting these scenes. Agent Carter is definitely like done like a well done film. It's not like just a TV show. Right. So I it, it feel it's so far light years ahead of what I felt when I just saw the Agents of Carter. I mean, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. pilot, which is the only the only episode that I saw and then I gave up on it and then people said it got better. And oh, my at that God. Point, I was like, all right, I'm going to get to it. And now I'm going to do it in the course of this. Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, I also think Agent Carter serves um, as a good counterpoint to sort of the dark, you know, all the New York stuff with Daredevil and with Jessica Jones. Yeah. You know, which takes place. A lot of it takes place at night and it's and it's an urban setting. And here you're, you know, I mean, the first season was in New York, but it was more of a metropolis type New York. And, you know, now you're in L.A. and it's all sunny and it's just a different vibe. And I give them props for for that. Um, yeah. So the, the, the episode was was uh, the pilot was Lady in the Lake. And um, basically there's a serial killer or something like that who's like freezing bodies and so um, Peggy is called, uh, you know, to to L.A. So she's not necessarily going to be out there permanently, but, um, you know, she hooks up with Jarvis. And I do think they have really good uh, like they make a good team. We met Jarvis's wife, who had been referred to throughout all of season one. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm psyched. I don't know if this is going to be a longer season, but the first one was only six or maybe eight episodes. I think it was only six episodes. I think this is only going to be six, too. Yeah, so and that's I might fine. Be confused, I mean, it's the though. same with the X-Files. I mean, when we come back next week, it's going to be half done, you know? there's yep. The second episode is Monday night, and then the third episode is Sunday night, I guess. Uh, yeah. So, um, and that's fine. Um, you know, some of the other shows don't need to necessarily be, you know, 20 however many episodes, uh, you know, per season. Um but, yeah, so Agent Carter was not the only thing that came back. You know, this is the beginning of the second season. Um, I guess uh, I guess there were a lot of mid-season, uh, mid-season things that came back this week with Supergirl, Flash, Arrow. Um, so I'm really liking Supergirl. Um, they brought in Toy Man as the villain. He's a Superman villain. I don't know, maybe now in the, in the comic continuity he might be a Supergirl villain, but he definitely is... 
a Superman villain. It turns out he's Win, Kara's co-worker, um, co-worker's father. And, um, you know, it's not not even what happens in the episode. It's more like, you know, we got to see more really good Martian Manhunter stuff. That dude, David Harewood, is a really good actor. And I kind of like the low-key. Nobody's really talking about it. But, like, Martian Manhunter is definitely an A-list DC hero. And so I'm enjoying the Martian Manhunter stuff. I do really like the Melissa Benoist, you know, who plays Supergirl. And uh, I don't know. What did you think? I really like uh, Maxwell Lord. Yeah, uh, and, so and he's I, clearly I, the villain now. Yeah, definitely. And I really love uh, Martian Manhunter's impersonation of him when he yes, came through. that was the, funny as shit. Yeah, that was, you know, classic. And I, I really like the show. I think uh, the Toy Man was cool. I like the, there's another version of him in, you know, different continuities who's a young Asian kid. And I really like that version more than this one. But, you know, I liked how it brought when... Uh, I mean, kind of annoying too, though, when you really think about it, that Wynn is like connected to the Toy Man. So everyone in her world is connected to some superhero or supervillain. Right. No, that's way. true. Because Lucy Lane and and, uh, and Jimmy are obviously connected to Superman. Yeah, no, yeah. you're right. I mean, I got to be honest with you. I Wynn is the worst thing about the show <laughs> to me. And so I actually thought this was a great opportunity for them to kill him off. Um, and that I thought didn't Wynn's, happen. Uh, final speech to her was really weak and like a typical "don't friend zone me" type thing. Yeah. or I might go crazy and kill everyone. Right? Like, come on. I mean, I, I guess that's not really that typical, but really not the speech you want to make, and not right. how you get game. You know, not game there. Win, not winning. Win. Yeah. No. Yeah, and I mean uh, that that whole like you know I don't even know if you'd call it a love triangle, but you know it just never really. I mean, Wynn just doesn't offer anything other than like some computer skills or something like <laughs> and a shoulder you know, to cry on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just I don't you know. And, and I mean, no, certainly he's, he's the the weakest character in the show, just in terms of like character. Like you know, Cat Grant obviously is you know infinitely you know stronger. The uh, you know Supergirl's sister is stronger. Obviously, Jimmy Olsen. You know, may, maybe Lucy Lane is the only person in at his level. Yeah, but um, yeah, it, but I mean, it was I, an I still opportunity give it to Lucy and <laughs> they, you know, out of Jimmy and when it's like there's no question. No, like, exactly. On, I mean, none whatsoever. And no, there was a cool. I have to say, there was a cool Supergirl action scene where. There were there were ten bombs at the toy convention, and so she set off the sprinklers and then used her super breath to like freeze everything. So that when the bombs went off, they were all encased in. I mean, it's not anything you haven't seen Superman do before in the comics, or maybe her, but I'd never seen that on T. You know, and then when it exploded, you know, it was just shards of ice or whatever. I, you know, they uh, they do come up with. Uh, you know, sort of new, new, new ways to showcase her various powers. I also don't know if I realized until this episode that her boots are actually come up to her knees. And I thought that was kind of dope. Yeah, that's definitely from the comics as well. And I like yeah. that and the use of her powers. I have to say, like you said, if this is a love triangle, it's like one of those. I'm not sure that isosceles. Yeah, when yeah, it's like two sides. really, really. Yeah. yeah one side of- is much longer than the other. Yes. <laughs> And that's the um, end so yeah, this episode on. was called Childish Things, and I don't know if it was necessarily referring to the Toy Man or Wynn's speech that you referenced <laughs> at the end there. Flash also came back with potential energy. 
Um, and, uh, you know, we got, we got some legitimate stuff. I thought with the West family, I mean, more just directly with Joe West and Wally West. Um, and I mean, we'll get to legends of tomorrow, you know, later, but of sort of new young black male characters that they've introduced into the DCU. I mean, I'm feeling Wally West a lot more than I am Jack's, you know, half Firestorm guy. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. So right, much more. We'll, 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 we'll get to whoa, that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, yeah, but Wally West uh, driving cars is a little much for me, too. It's also like, I mean, not a only, red car, too. Like, you <laughs> I know. mean, not only is it like Fast and Furious part eight or whatever, but it's also like, you know, come on, he's going to get speed power so he has to drive a fast car too but anyway other than that you know it's definitely a good episode i was happy to see flash again i was kind of upset at the ending though you know spoilers again because it seems like you know flash's love interest is out of there even though you know they did show flash you know actually waking up with shorty so it wasn't you know some you know it was a real relationship you know yeah it was consummated as they say but it just um yeah, I, I wasn't that happy to see her, you know, bounce like that. I thought that was kind of weak. And I mean, I guess I always felt she was, you know, she wasn't going to last. She was a placeholder. I mean, I'm still holding out for Linda Park. No, who no. Was actually was actually Wally West's girlfriend in the uh, in, in the comic. Yeah. But or that actually, you know, um, Barry and Iris, you know, obviously getting together. Um, so I never felt I always sort of felt like she was a temporary you know, like a temporary character. Um, we did find out that Jay Garrick is not only without his speed, but he's dying. So, you know, I imagine that, you know, you know, he's going to get saved, you know, and get and hopefully get his speed back. But we'll see if that has anything to do with Wally, you know, however they're going to decide to give Wally, you know, super speed. I mean, they have this thing where, you know, they basically made this particle accelerator explosion or whatever at Star Labs. And so they can just explain all these people getting powers from that. But obviously, Wally didn't get powers from that. So he they're going to have to come up with some way to, you know, give him powers. Um, I, I, you know, I'm assuming yeah, definitely. I mean, we're assuming, though, you know, that's the thing. I mean, I think they've already said, the creators have said that he will be Kid Flash, but I'm not sure if that's been 100% established yet. And they've flipped everything they have so far. Yes. Like, um, even the big reveal at the end of the episode was the fact that Reverse Flash is back, but it's not. Right. It's like the Earth 2 Reverse Flash. Yeah, because it's actually the dude who got replaced before by. Um, right. By Harrison Wells. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I got to give, uh, give, Thorn, the, right? yeah, give all these 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 uh, showrunners or whoever the writers credit because they're definitely throwing all kinds of crazy comic book concepts out there. Yes. And people seem to be, you know, you know, absorbing them. So it's good. But yeah, no, we're definitely talking about alternate dimensions and alternate timelines. And, you know, which is ultimately, you know, has gotten DC and now comics in general into a lot of trouble where they get sort of bogged down in all this stuff. But that that certainly isn't happening yet and hasn't happened yet here. No, they keep um, it very streamlined. And I, I wouldn't say that even bogs down comics. It just depends on, you know, how people approach the thing. And I think that, you know, with the shows, you know, there's been a lot of this already introduced in popular culture. So it's not that difficult. But I really give Flash full credit for diving full into it. And even more so than Flash, you got to give credit to uh, Legends of Tomorrow 
which I got to give you a quick shout out, Chico, because you did call them the footnotes of tomorrow. Yeah. And it seemed like that they even lived up to that in the mythology of the show. Yeah, I mean, I got to be honest with you. I, I thought it was better than the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. pilot, but I thought, you know, there was some promising stuff, but like a lot of really awkward whack stuff. I mean, I'm I'm definitely going to see where it goes and, you know, but um, this one stumbled out of the gate in a way that Flash, Arrow and Supergirl did not, you know, Um it was, you know, the pilot. And so what do we we have? The Atom. We have Hawkman. We have Hawkgirl. We have Captain Cold. We have Heat Wave. We have the now White Canary um, and Rip Hunter. And they're all going after Vandal Savage. I thought the stuff with Rip Hunter and the Time Lords was dope. I think the Vandal Savage stuff is dope. But with the heroes. Um, oh, and Firestorm. So I think Firestorm, both halves of Firestorm, like they just need to get rid of that altogether. Um, Victor Garber's a great actor who plays the the professor half, but it it just doesn't. I don't know. It, it it's not working for me, and it it wasn't ever really working for me on Flash. Um, I think that the, might have more to do, like you said before, though, with the other half of Firestorm than it does right, with the Jax. professor. Yeah, so Jax, that I mean, that's not the actor's fault. I mean, that's the right. I mean, they yes. they're playing him out. The way I think people felt about, like, there were people who dissed Finn's character or, or yes. his arc in Force Awakens. Yo, if you were dissing Finn, you need to see this because Finn was like, <laughs> you know, Achilles Finn was like Rambo. Meets, you know, yeah, exactly. Meets Rambo, meets, I mean, this Compared dude to this was guy. like, yeah, I mean, it, it, it bordered on some, like, you know, Mantan Moreland, you know, I mean, like, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it I don't know what they were doing. Super but Negro. Yeah, yeah it, it was pretty outrageous. Um, definitely was. The, the standouts definitely to me are Sarah Lance, who I don't know the actress in it, but she's the White Canary, and Leonard Snart. I mean, now, without a doubt. Wentworth Miller was really dope in Prison Break and then didn't really do anything for a while. And then he wrote some screenplays for some movies and then he showed up again as Captain Cold. Like, I think that dude, you know, could be lead, could be the lead on another show like that. Yeah. And he's great. And his characterization is great. And, you know, I'm definitely one of those people who thinks that, you know, the second Black Canary is, you know, he's Whack Canary and, uh, you know, that that Sarah Lance, who's now the White Canary, was the original one. Like, she's just much, much more appealing, much more interesting. And so those two characters, you know, but then you have all this riffraff all around them. <laughs> yeah, I, I cannot deny it because the main reason that I watched the show was for Captain Cold because I've been, like, such a fan of his since Flash. I didn't even know that uh, White Canary, I didn't know that whole mythology from Arrow, so I didn't know that, but I definitely enjoyed her performance a lot more and I can see that Arrow is probably lacking for her not being on it and overall I thought that you know like you said it wasn't the right out the bang whammy that the first one was I mean the Flash or Arrow had been but I do really appreciate how deep they just dove into like stupid superhero stuff I could care less about Hawkman and Hawkgirl at this point yeah that that's not working out too great at all no so uh, you know their whole storyline this episode which was the main storyline was not for my liking well they have the direct they have the most direct connection to Vandal Savage but besides Rip who Hunter. cares Let, right you know, well yeah. we're supposed to and we yeah. don't I, I really enjoyed Rip Hunter much more than I enjoyed yes. them 
And, you know, I'm looking forward to more of it, though, just because it's such a deep dive into it. But speaking of, you know, White Canary and, and people missing from Arrow, this is my first time really watching Arrow this week for a long time. You know, I've caught episodes here and there in the crossovers, but I had to see what happened to, you know, Felicity. And uh, I will say that that show lacks without her. So it's really good that they didn't kill her off because every minute that she wasn't on screen this week was a struggle. Although somebody is dead because it opens up like four months in the future with uh, Barry Allen and yes. and Ollie standing over somebody's grave, and uh, I mean people seem to be implying that they're 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 going to turn Felicity into Oracle because Felicity no. has the computer skills. Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, that might be you know I mean it wouldn't be that different for her from what she's been doing, and it would allow her. To, you know, to actually that's a character that she's a dope character. And so it would allow her to actually be, you know, show up in other shows. Um, you know, there's yeah, a lot of crossovers I, with, with Flash and stuff like that. But I want her to recover. Like, you know, if in the comics, Arsenal can get his arm chopped off and get a cybernetic arm. You know, I mean, I know Arsenal is a whole different character in this and all that, but I really right. don't. No, I understand know, what you're saying. Yeah, I don't want, you know, Felicity to be crippled for the rest of this show's run. That would be, you know, corny, and I don't want to see Oracle. As as dope as Oracle is in her own right, you know, I don't want to see it go down like that. Nah. Right, all right. Well, you know, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I'm a fan of Oracle. I mean, I feel like it would give her, you know, some, I don't know, something, but... um and yeah, they might. I mean, you know, they might have a recovery. I mean, Barry Allen. Felicity already has like everything she needs to have on this. Right. Show. Yeah, she doesn't need to be Oracle. Um, this episode also blood debts. It's called also introduced anarchy. Um, who's, I think he's uh, returning actually. Yeah. Oh, he's returning. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But he was he anarchy in in the previous episode, or I don't think so. I think yeah, no. So he actually yeah. assumed the identity in this one, but um, and there was some dope stuff with Damian Dark, who I definitely think is a legit dope villain. Um, and I don't, you know, they're obviously not trying to tie in with Doctor Strange because Doctor Strange is you know Marvel and this is DC, but they've definitely made this uh more you know overtly about magic than any this season, um. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Arrow is what it is. I mean, it gets credit for being the first of these DC shows. Um, it'll probably never be as good as it was in the second season, possibly even in the first. But I still enjoy it. I mean, I think right now, I mean, it's loads ahead of, you know, Legends of Tomorrow. We'll, we'll see where that goes. Um, another new returning, uh, you know, premiere, you know, half-season premiere was Star Wars Rebels, and uh, the episode was a princess on Lothal, and the princess that they're referring to was, in fact, none other than Leia Organa. So we actually got a, you know, in continuity, earliest Leia, you know, screening, in, you know, in, in the um, Star Wars, you know, continuity. And the episode wasn't great, um, but it was dope seeing Leia. <laughs> well, no, I mean, some episodes are really better than others. And this one, you know, just wasn't that great an episode. It really, the best thing about it was, you know, Leia. Um, no, and I've said like many a time that I really don't like that animation style. But I know right. I caught one episode of Rebels where uh, some dudes were like training. I guess they were working for the Empire. And, and I mean, they were, I know they were, um, they were they were really actually rebels in the strides, but they were it was like a training episode, and I really enjoyed that episode. So I, I got to catch up on rebels because you know my Star Wars fiendom won't allow me to not watch it. Yeah, I mean it's it's good. I mean it's definitely real Star. I did notice though that um, 
they didn't play straight up like Leia's theme from Star Wars and that the music, some of the music is the same, but most of it isn't. And I'm just wondering if they don't have the rights to it or oh, what. Oh, no, it's all Lucasfilm. They definitely, That's what I would all, think. Yeah. I mean, no. I don't know. Um, but they weren't, play, you know, they didn't play the music. And um, we got actually, I think, the second appearance of the Walkers, <coughs> the AT-AT Walkers. Um, they were, like, introduced for the first time a few episodes ago. Okay. And there were two of them in this episode. And there was there were, actually was a really dope battle scene. That's uh that's mostly it for for the new things this week. Um with the 100 actually returned for its third season, and I had actually watched the first two seasons and and enjoyed it, but um there were all these articles that came out between the second and third season being like, yo, the 100 is the best show you're not watching. The 100 is great. I mean, even NPR was talking about it. And um I was kind of like, what is this mess? Like, compared to all the other things that we were talking about, it just really suffers more from the CW-isms. Like, there's a lot of really great plot stuff, but you don't really care about any of the characters like you do on some of these other shows. I don't know. Um, you know, this was mostly getting viewers caught up with everything that happened, you know, since season two and setting up what's going to happen for the rest of the season. But I wasn't, you know... I wasn't that, uh, you know, I, I wasn't that blown away like I was by some of the other returning shows. And I know DJ Ben Amin uh, is very excited. Black Sails has returned. The, uh, <laughs> stars, stars, pi uh, pirate show. And uh, that's a show that I think has gotten better. Um, I feel like if you like uh, if you like Sons of Anarchy or you like uh, Vikings, you'll definitely like uh um, black sales, even maybe if you like Game of Thrones, because it's actually gotten a lot more political, uh, you know, recently. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's there, there was a lot of new stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm still watching Extant and Colony and sort of and the, the, the whatever of Shannara. But that like the 100, I think that's suffering from the, you know, the MTV ism, which is very similar to the CW ism. How is Colony? I need to catch up on that. So I, I, um, you know, I, I, I think, uh, it, it's good. It just feels like a lot of other things. It's got a good cast. It looks good. It's got a good hook. Um, you know, there's an alien invasion. You've got a husband who's like working, seek, working with the aliens and his wife is, you know, in the resistance, um, and they're both do, you know, he's working with the aliens because he's, you know, they'll help him find his son and it all takes place in Los Angeles and, you know, we haven't seen the aliens yet and it's Sawyer from uh, from Lost. So, I mean, it's pretty good. It just sort of gets lost in the uh, in the in the chatter like it's not it doesn't stand out, but it's solid. Um, I personally am enjoying Extant more, but I can't actually honestly say like Extant is a, not Extant. Sorry. Um What's the one? The Expanse, rather. I'm enjoying yeah, the Expanse Stan, more. I like, but I can't honestly say objectively, oh, The Expanse is a much better show or anything like that. All right. Um, well, I'll definitely catch up on Colony because, you know, it's people from Lost are involved, Sawyer. And, and uh, you've got Lori from The Walking Dead, who actually was also in uh, with she was the love interest in uh, in Prison Break with Wentworth. If you if you're a Wentworth Miller fan, you should definitely watch the first season or two of Prison Break. 
Yeah. Seriously, no. I mean that that actually was a really dope show for a couple seasons. Then it went completely off the rails. <laughs> um, one other thing, there's a um, a series called The Magicians that is coming on Monday night. Um, the pilot has actually been on demand for the past month. It's based on a series of books by an author named Lev Grossman. Um, and just a personal connection to the loudspeakers network. Uh, Lev Grossman and his wife were the downstairs neighbor like 15 years ago to none other than Mr. Chris Morrow, who, uh, you know, is the uh, co-head of the loudspeakers network. And one of Chris's roommates uh, through the radiator, you could actually hear when Lev and his wife were expressing their love to each other. Wow. And uh, I was never in the room when that occurred, but it was that roommate's room was where everyone would gather to watch like playoff games and, you know, um, you know, episodes of South Park or The Sopranos or whatever. And so I, I it is funny because I had heard that Lev Grossman had become a writer and had or, you know, he was a writer at the time, but he hadn't sold anything. And so I am very curious because they're definitely playing up a lot of sex stuff in the uh, in the trailers for the magicians. I mean, it's essentially like Harry Potter, except in college is what it looks like. It's like a different world meets Harry Potter. Wow. I mean, as much as I wanted to see the show, I've got nothing after that. Yeah, well, all right. That's it. We can leave it there. <laughs>